This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, proudly sponsored by the Sky Blue Tavern, Dylan's Brewery, an excellent place in the city centre for you to get your great food, great beers before and after the match days at the CBS Arena. So make sure you go and check out the Sky Blue Tavern. Um, proud sponsors of the Sky Blues Extra podcast. And this evening, I am delighted to say obviously i'm hosting and i'm joined by the one and only david moore how are you dave very well yeah and just just the two of us on tonight but um very good um well we were both we were both busy yesterday for valentine's so we thought we'd pu- push our valentine's together to wednesday <laughs> evening to discuss everything coventry city absolutely and i think we we put it back didn't we because of the you know the, the proximity of fixture which Obviously, we're going to go on to talk about this evening, but um, yeah, good. I think you know, I don't think we've been terrible at all in in recent weeks. We just ha- we've come up against some good teams, and we just haven't always had the rubber to green. We've not always performed amazingly, but it kind of feels like, as a whole, just off the pitch, on the pitch, we've turned a bit of a corner, and uh, it feels good. It certainly does. It certainly does, and I think. I think it has sort of overall since the World Cup, it's sort of, I think, generally to a lot of people felt sort of, I guess, on the pitch results wise, slightly disappointing because we haven't won as many games as we'd have liked. But I, I do. And we I had think, such a good run, didn't we, before we, we that? Won it was four in a row, hard to top, top well, that, really. You got to think we won four in a row, um, you know, which we don't do very often at all. Won, going into the World Cup, beat QPR, played excellently arguably the best performance of the season we then have that world cup break and then of course shortly after the world cup break we lose o'hare for the season we lose carl mcfadzine yeah and suddenly the spark and, we, and we, we've lost that little spark and then you know i was just looking at the results after you know we we threw a three goal lead against swansea 
Yeah. You know, and then you, you follow that up. You know, we beat West Brom and then we had some tough games, Sheffield United away, but then we had two home draws and then the two defeats following that were Burnley and Norwich. So, I mean, I, I sort of, you sort of look at the results and I don't actually think if you look at each game in in isolation, the results are too far from what we would have necessarily hoped, apart from Cardiff at home and obviously Swansea, you know, but if you had four points onto our tally, things would actually be looking remarkably, remarkably a lot better. And obviously in that time, and it's the first time I spoke to you about it, obviously the, the takeover, you know, getting yeah. done and a hundred percent CISA were gone. So I think there's a, like you say, it feels like we've turned a corner and it feels like, I think there's a, a real genuine reason to be optimistic, you know, looking at the end of the season, but also beyond, do you not think in, into the summer and, and next season? Yeah, absolutely. I woke up this morning feeling fine. I've yeah. got Doug King on my mind, but it's, it's true. I did generally did, you know, the <laughs> night after Millwall, this, like I woke up this morning thinking it's, it's good. You know, we've got a run of games now where it's make or break really, because, you know, the playoffs, as many as people wanted us, uh, you know, said that we were going to be relegated. Um, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs, you know, hand on no. heart. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs, but, we're we're in with half a chance, you know. If if Luton are fourth, and Millwall were fifth at the start of play yesterday with two games in hand, then there's no reason why Coventry City can't be in that top six, in my opinion. Well, no, I agree, and I think the thing that we wanted, wasn't it? To be honest, is the fear was the season sort of petering out at this stage when then we and have nothing to play for. You know, we're we're not going to go down. But then if, if suddenly, I think if a few, you know, we'll look back at this, obviously the two games we've just had, but if those two results had been, say, two defeats, you potentially, we'd be sat here going, we it's sort of just want no the season chance. to end. And yeah, we just yeah. sort of, and, and you don't want that. You don't want to be wishing away the, the season. Well, and what, I, I agree with you. I don't think we'll make the playoffs. I th- and, you know, there's several reasons why I think depth and the squad, et cetera. But I think it's nice to feel like we can, have that chance and and give us something to fight for. And if we come up short, which I think we will, we can then look back and go, wow. And, you know, it's quite easy to forget where we were, you know, bottom of the table, adrift, no pitch to play on. It was a shambles. I mean, if you'd offered us to where we were now, I I say this to everybody, you just snapped your hand off, you know, takeover, Wasps gone, Sisu gone, mid 11th, looking up. You couldn't... It's going to, it is, when you look back, it's going to be a season of magnitude, isn't it? Another... You know, a massive, 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 massive. Robin's outdoes himself every single season. You know, it's somehow, you know, it, it was like the cards he would dealt this year. You're thinking, is this the one that, is this the straw that broke the camel's back? But not with Mark Robbins. He just takes that extra straw and he, he carries on plodding along. And hopefully now with some backing, you know, for the foreseeable, he seems reinvigorated. Um, and we'll get onto that. But let's have a look back at the last two games then. And obviously, these two home games, which Mark Robbins alluded to, followed that disappointing defeat to West Brom. What were your thoughts, David, going into these two home games? You said that it felt like a make or break period. Did these two games sort of strike you as that? I just felt that we we needed to turn a corner. I was worried that, I didn't think we we're going to get relegated, but I was worried that we might get pulled into it. Uh, and the reason for that is because mainly, largely squad depth, you know, is that we just didn't really have anything to change a game. Um, and, and at times, you know, you know, the, the star players, Jokeres, um, is out on his feet, you know, because he's just doing so much running. And I think, I didn't think that the team deserved to be dragged into, you know, those those the bottom bottom parts of the of the league. But I thought that they could do just for a, a sheer teams being able to 
you know, to, to just get one over another us because they had a bit more depth and a bit more legs and a bit more energy in the tank. So I exactly. was a bit concerned, um, but obviously buoyed by the fact that McFadden was back, um, you know, and he doesn't look like he's ever been away. Well, he um, made he made a quite a few changes, didn't he? And going looking at the Luton game first, Carl McFadden, like you say, the, the captain back in the side, Wilson Esbran getting a start, Josh Eccles yeah. at right wing back as well, with Matty Godden as well, partnering Victor Jokera. So he went to the two up top, Fads back, Eccles and Wilson Esbran. Were you encouraged when you saw the starting eleven? I was because obviously the bench then had, I think Norton Cuffey would have been on the bench, wouldn't he? Yes, um, he would have been. We had a few more options from the bench, I felt. So it, it, not only was the starting 11, including Godden, a bit of support for Vic um, at home as well. So you're thinking, great, Robbins has gone with that two up top. It's a positive move. He he, he wants to put pressure on 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 Luton. Um and, and you know, and he's going for a result, and I think that that was, it, it was. You couldn't but help be buoyed. I was really looking forward to the game. I was sat in Andorra um, uh, on a skiing holiday. I was literally come come back to the hotel room to um, watch the game, and unfortunately, I follow wouldn't work. I couldn't believe it. It's absolutely uh, well, you, well, so obviously, any optimism, and I, I felt the same as you, pretty optimistic. You know, soon eradicated. Thirty eight seconds on the clock. I hadn't quite sort of taken it all in, to be honest, at the point, you know, when kickoffs normally happen, you know, the, there was like a long ball and you sort of, you, you set yourself down. And before I knew it, it was in the back of our net. I mean, terrible goal to concede, terrible time. Not that there's ever a good time, but it was a sort of unlike us really, isn't it? You know, terrible start and instantly on the back foot against a side who you feel like we don't have a particularly good record against. That's exactly what they'd have wanted. What do you put that down to? I, to be honest, I you know, I've looked back at it a few times and it's just a ball, you know, they've got possession, they're on the right hand side. He's whipped a probably a nothing ball into the box, really. And everyone shaped in the way that they were going to defend it and would have just, you know, seen it out. You know, it was bread and butter really for the defender, but Palmer's obviously swiped a leg at it, and that's where it started to go wrong, right? The deflection has caused it to just totally wrong foot. Fadzine, um, was it Doyle maybe was in there? I can't, I yeah. can't remember. And but yeah, um, yeah. And, and they just wrong-footed them and it's kind of just bounced pinballed around and it's a bit of a free goal really when you look back at it. Yeah, you should be stopping crosses, but you know, if if someone let a cross in on the 76th minute, you wouldn't be saying we've got to stop every cross. It's just, I think it's one of them and I think we're just, just unlucky really. Yeah. Um, and, and Palmer's tried to just clear it. He's, you know, stuck a leg out. It's got a deflection, isn't it? And like I say, they were just a bit, and they were cold, you know, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, what, what has been said five minutes prior when you're going out onto the pitch? Well, normally you hear these, you hear, you know, in these documentaries or pundits talk, you always hear them say, messages start well start yeah. right you know yeah. start focused and, and yeah. it, it just seemed like it was one of those where it was like oh well, well, it would be all right because how often do we concede after 38 seconds which which albeit you know and you know doesn't happen that often but it just seemed like they were just and not just that one minute and maybe the goal helped but it seemed like they were just a, a yard ahead of us then for a yeah. good portion that first half what yes. did you make of you know because instantly we're on the back foot then and it felt like they looked quite dangerous and we were struggling then. It, you know, our confidence would have been hit. And suddenly it was like, we're having now to force it a little bit to try and get back in the game. 
Yeah, um, I absolutely agree. I think the, the thing is, is a lot of teams come to Coventry City and a lot of teams come to CBS and they they come really w- with a smash and grab attitude. I would say more times than than not, you know, okay, Burnley came and they took control possession, they controlled the game. Norwich came and they blew us away within whatever is it 15 20 minutes mm. i can't remember with the with the free goals and that was more us wasn't it really you know, just being that was that was capitulation um but i do think that teams generally do think you know we're going to be a hard team to 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 out and that you makes know, a change yeah doesn't it i mean how many how many years you know in the rico days if you like did it feel like teams loved coming yeah, to yeah, Coventry. yeah, like literally, they, they thought, and they felt at home, probably more at home than we ever did. So, it, I think that you saying that, I completely agree, and I think that's been evident the last two seasons since our return. That actually, teams you hit opposition managers saying it, going, "Yeah, it's a tough place to come." They're delighted to get a point, you know. And, and the Luton manager obviously said that. Obviously, it was yeah, important. It that feels we got, more sorry. midweeks, you know. It feels more midweeks that 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 happens, but generally, teams do seem to come and do that smash and grab attitude, and you know you're doubly up against it then if that does happen. You know, no, a smash and grab isn't a minute in, is it? And then no, you're well, really exactly, up against yeah. it. So it, it, it's, it's very difficult to to get on top. Um, not only that, but instantly, you know, I'm not sure. It, like I say, from what I spoke to, to others around, instantly it felt that they, they were saying that the, the sort of the fans were a bit like, well, here we, here we go. We've had a bad run of it. Yeah. How are we going to get out of this one? It did feel a little bit that, and I think I think conceding that early doesn't help. And like you say, it is the sort of opposite to a smash and grab. You know, it's sort of just it's like sort of leaving the door open. You've set the alarm, and while you turned your back, someone's come in and just you know stole, stolen your valuables before you've even left the house. You know, that was my version of a, a Dino analogy. You know, Dino, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, but obviously, we we did then respond. You know, we we sort of fought our way into the game and. I felt Wilson Esbrand was sort of getting more and more prominent. It was probably the best I'd seen him. Obviously, we'll get to the sending off later on, but I, I hadn't been that impressed in the in the short period I'd seen him. But I, I he looked quite dynamic. He looked like he had a, a fair bit of energy, and you can see that there's obviously quality there. And we we were playing our sort of you know patient self, and then obviously, you know, but in, in at crucial time really, we managed to get an equaliser. Yeah, I mean, a pretty even game. I mean, it was deserved at that point. I felt, you know, that penalty, and it all started with a, a wonderful ball from Callum Doyle, who's been yeah. showing his array of passing more recently, uh, more and more often. Uh, what did you make of the the move that led to the penalty? Yeah, I mean, it was it was brilliant, wasn't it? And then there's the cutback that comes across, and you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about it. But the guy's got to walk for that. Yeah, it's a red opinion. card all day long. Yeah, you know, it's just it's it's ridiculous. Um, and and that you know that changes the game at that point. The, the, this is what these referees are not held accountable enough for. The, the you know the the magnitude of their decisions. That was a red card all day. It it, it let's be honest. It's it's Jokers. He would have scored had he have been well, not pulled back and not you know. It's one of those where and I, I sort of try now and. When it comes to like refereeing decisions and stuff, I try and sort of try and put take my sort of emotion out of it and think because a good friend of mine who goes to a lot of the commentary games, so he's a linesman and he always. I said to him, I said to me, I felt at the time watching it, I said, "You need to see this. I think this guy should be a red card." And he said to me, "You watched it." And he said, "It is a red card." He said because it's a 
it's a clear denial of a clear goal scoring opportunity. Yes. Is it a genuine attempt to make the ball? No, because he's pulling his shirt. So that's a, a red card. That's when the double jeopardy yeah. should be applied. Whereas if he had gone for a, a sort of a tackle and tried to go on with his foot, he'd only got a yellow. Yeah. But the fact that he, he's pulled, him, pulled down. him down. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I remember last season, uh, first year back in the championship, Michael Rose got a straight red card. And Dabo last year against Preston, just yeah. pushing the guy, using his hands, penalty, yeah. red card, off, yeah. off he went. I mean, that, that guy, how he even could appeal the foul was just like ludicrous. Um, you know, it's he a, it's, he's, pulled, he's pulled him down on purpose. It, it, in my opinion, it's no different if he had just caught the ball. Mm, yeah. yeah. I don't see any difference because it's a deliberate attempt to 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 stop a, a, a goal well, it's a clear goal he's gonna he's, you know the keeper's at the near post the ball's gone to the you know center of the goal and but obviously we got the penalty we didn't get the the red card that i felt luton deserved but matty godden stepped up i sort of did you have any doubt that he was the one going to take the penalty obviously vic had taken the last couple obviously godden's been injured um, yeah and and obviously vic in an interview last night, spoke about the, the the penalty, didn't he? I think he spoke about um, there was no no way in his his mind that Godden wasn't going to have. It. He said he wanted it and he took the ball when it was it. So you know, Godden was very very clear that he was. Maybe Mark Robbins has said you're you know you're 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 the penalty taker. I can't believe playing, yeah yeah I can't believe it. It's left up to the players to decide. I can't imagine that. No, I don't think that. I don't think it ends well. You have you you've seen examples in the Premier League. I mean, yeah. high profile examples. You know, Pogba and Rashford. Fighting well, over the ball, etc. You know, and- we knew who's taking the penalties on Sunday league, so you'd like to think that there's some sort of hierarchy did there. You, did, um, were you a penalty taker, Dave? I was, yeah, yeah. Uh, Left footed, open it out, hit the corner. That was but, it. Textbook. Any goalkeepers who come up against Dave Moore? And you're listening. You know, you know the secrets. Um, <laughs> but it was a great. It was it was a good penalty. Sent the keeper the wrong way. Drilled yep. it low. Back did in the net. Need to do. Got Always himself, confident, you know, another goal. Yeah, yeah. Godden's, yeah. Godden's. You know, he's a goal scorer, and you always feel confident with him. I would feel more comfortable with Godden running up to the ball for a penalty than I would Jokeres. I, I do agree. I do agree. I think, uh, yeah, you can rely on Godden, and it was no doubt. And obviously, that got us back level terms at half time. Um, felt slightly aggrieved as we've already touched on that. You know, Luton still had eleven men on the pitch, and the yeah, second it half, the game. it could have the second half. To be fair. <laughs> It was a pretty even even affair. I mean, the highlight probably was that there was two sort of main talking points. The first one was Casey Palmer's effort, which he curled onto the crossbar keeper, rooted to his spot. I mean, that would have been a, a sumptuous goal, wouldn't it, Dave? It would have been. And I and I think, you know what? What I really liked about that was he's starting to show that sort of he's starting to show that one, he's comfortable to try things like that. He's not playing under pressure or fear of making a mistake. He's willing to try things that are a little bit, you know, um, outside the box like that was it, lovely little dink. Um, and like you say, could have, could have got, could have gone in. Um, it, it's just that confidence that he's showing and he's, you know, you can't, he doesn't look like the player that first started with us. He did look a bit like a player that hadn't had enough minutes, hadn't had enough time. Maybe it you know, been bollocked enough to to have not tried some of the flair things. Whereas now he's trying trying that, and I think we need that because we miss O'Hare so much with that tight control and that running with the ball. And we need someone that's going to do that little bit of trickery. And and he's been showing that. Try I think he's really grown into. I think he's really grown into the squad. He obviously, you know, really gets on. He's he's got the minutes by hook or crook that he probably wouldn't have got if O'Hare was fit. If I'm honest. Um, 
he would have probably played a bit more of a, a squad rotational yeah. sort of you know um, role. So he's he's been fortunate enough to get minutes where perhaps he wouldn't have if everyone was fit. And actually, it's it's that's the one probably positive to come out of the O'Hare injury really if you had to say there's positives it's probably the only one you, yeah, you got yeah the only one because he's you know he's got on the score sheet a bit more recently. He's been involved. I mean, he we'll get to the Millwall game later on, but he could have had a couple of assists, you know, in, in that game with with great sort of counter attack. So no, I, I agree. I think you bang on what you say with players like him and Hohe. You need them to feel like the shackles are off, that they're allowed to go and make a mistake, but try things because more often than not, if it, it, it one time out of five, he tries that killer pass. When it comes off, we're in. It's a clear chance. Whereas you don't want to, if, if, there's no point having players, especially in the formation we play, someone in that position who's just going to go safe, just play the the, the, the simple Absolutely, pass. We, yeah. we need someone who's going to try stuff. I think he's incredibly comfortable on the ball. He turns, he's got good strength. Um, I like him. I think, and, I, he's, I think and he's willing to track as well. You know, and he's ball. willing to put yeah. a shift in. You know, he, he puts players under pressure. Um, some of his tackles, you know, it, it have been brilliant. Like he's he ch- he chases players down, he tracks back, and he'll get a tackle in, and he he makes it difficult for people to run away from him once he's been beaten. I think you know, I think he's he's been a really good player, and I you know, I think it it's so interesting when you get players like this from other teams. When you know, we had it with Jokeres, but it took him a bit of you know a bit of time to warm up, but. You know these these are these fans of, of Bristol City were, were saying you know have him I'll, I'll pay the bus fare myself you know these these sort of comments and you know I don't think any team in the Championship would not like to have a player that could do that either as an impact no. sub or, or making a start and I think he's I think he's really I think he's deserved his place I think it's going to be difficult you know. To, to drop him even when when players are fit because he's he's shown a, a tenacity he's shown a commitment and yeah I think he's I think he's a really good player I was really I've yeah. been really impressed with him in the last recent weeks um, yeah. yeah yeah I think I, I agree I, I, to be fair I've I've been a big fan of his for a while I think he early on he showed that he's got that technical ability and it was just getting that fitness up to the point where he looks like he can now last a full game no problem and he's got that sort of stamina. Um, so obviously his shot, that would have been a fantastic goal, but alas, it hit the bar. And then the other key moment, Luton's best chance, got to talk about Ben Wilson in search, you know, obviously for the golden glove with a tremendous save, sort of reminded me of that save he made a couple of years ago against Stoke away, where he yeah, sort of what clawed would you, it out. What would you have? Would you have Stoke or that one as a better? Stoke still probably the, the one, I think, isn't it? I, th- I, I think so. Because he was shifting um, his body weight the other way, yeah. wasn't he? But he was. I think I'd go the Stoke one just about. But I mean, being there where I sit behind that goal to the left, it was a. He did. He did incredibly well. You sort of. The problem with the Stoke one, I wasn't there live, so sometimes you can't. You know, when you yeah, see it yeah, sort of with your yeah. own eyes and you see the pace of the ball and everything, you yeah. suddenly go, "Crikey!" How he, as he kept that out, and it was a tremendous save. And I think he deserves that. You know, yeah, huge credit for that because basically that got us got us a point in that game. Otherwise, that would have been two one to Luton. Um, and obviously, Wilson Esbrand got a second yellow, sent off on his uh, full sort of uh, full debut you know, start, if you like. Um, what did you make of the the, the, the two yellows? Yeah, clumsy challenges. Yeah, I mean the second one. There's no argument. So once he's been booked and he knows he's on the booking, it was just a bit of a wild swing, wasn't it? And <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it, there's no arguments there, really. I mean, some people are 
obviously feeling aggrieved because the red that we didn't get. So, you know, people are thinking that could the ref have let that one go as well? But um, I can't remember what minute it was on. What what minute was that? It's quite um, late on, wasn't it? So yeah, it was the set. He got sent off in the 85th minute. Um, yeah, and, and you sometimes think that maybe you know maybe they'll just let that one go because he hadn't done much else of of any uh, sort. I mean, no, not really. It's a booking. It's a booking. It yeah. is a booking. But you've you, there has been times when you've seen them go, and and in a ref's mind, if he's probably looking to even it up a little bit, if he felt yeah. when he watched that because he would have watched that back. You know, on the monitor at half time. Yeah, um, it was, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was one of those. I think. I mean, I must admit, I missed the first yellow card live. I had to watch it back after afterwards. Um, yeah, I think it was just unfortunate. I think you know, if he he, he obviously believes he's going to get to the ball, you know, so yeah. he swings for it. I mean, it, it was reminding me of me, you know, trying to swing at, at the golf range, you know, totally <laughs> yeah, missing yeah, the ball yeah, and just yeah. breaking the tee. Um, that's what it reminded me of. But he obviously got his marching orders, made it for a, a nervy last five minutes plus stoppage time. But actually, I felt like we pretty, we, we defend that pretty well. Um, and we sort of saw it out without yeah, too they many had hairy a few moments. moments. Yeah, they had a few moments, didn't they? And, and you know, Wilson again, really, I know he, he made the save, but he also commanded his box it, for some of those balls that were getting flung in towards the end of it and yeah we held out well and would have been nice to have got three points um but Fair you result, know, though. yeah you're always up against it when you let a goal in after a minute because yeah. you know teams are going to then frustrate they're going to keep the ball they're going to you know not 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 want to not want to give away the three points so yeah um deserved a point probably yeah. fair result yeah and um Obviously, uh, the other thing to, to come out of that game was obviously Casey Palmer starting the game was a last-minute change. It's worth talking about Ben Sheaf, um, a last-minute injury. And we've obviously, since that game, more recently found out, looks like it's going to be, what was it, five, four, five, six weeks, something around that six period. Weeks, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? <sighs> Gutted, really. Like, it's a real frustration. Um, six weeks is a long time. I mean, it's going to take us up to... I don't know. Six you know, weeks from now. <laughs> it's going to take us up to, you know, in a run of games where really we we, we could have done with him with, with that, you know, because he is a, he's a solid, solid option and he probably does allow you to be, to have two two more attacking players there. You know, Hamer can press on a little bit more. Um, whereas I think actually you've probably, you've probably seen that you're going to, going to miss him a little bit. You need to pack out the midfield a little bit more. You might see that 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 sort of one up top happens more often because of just having that extra body in um, in the middle of the park. It's a big blow. I think he's probably been for me probably one of the players of the season. Um, certainly is well up there with with Jokeres as as you know probably the most decorated player of, of, of that's played you know this season. And he's yeah. been pretty good. He's played a lot of minutes. He you know he's been a he's been a stalwart. So it's, it's a gut in one. Um, you know, sometimes they get these things wrong. Um, sometimes they come back a little bit earlier. Um, but it's just, it, it's, you know, we've dealt with, we've dealt with this with O'Hare. We would yeah. have to deal with don't, it. Don't rush him, do we? One who, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be fine and obviously he needs to come back sort of stronger. And he's obviously someone I'd love to see, you know, signing a new contract, you know, between now and the end of the season. Um, along with along with a few others that we all we all know. But I'll just get your final thought um, and your man of the match for the game um, from that one-all draw. 
It's a difficult one, isn't it? I thought Casey Palmer had a good game. I think, you know, lots of stuff that happened that we did well was was through him. Um, you could argue that Ben Wilson with a match winning save, you know, could get that. And likewise, Godden with, with the only Coventry City goal. So it's a tough one between them three, but I'm going to go for Wilson because I think, um, you know, he... He couldn't really do anything for the goal. It was deflected and bumbled around and pinballed. And, and I think he made some good saves towards the end. And, and definitely that was a match winning save. So, yeah, going to go Wilson. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. So the home double header continued, obviously, on Valentine's evening, uh, David, as we welcomed the lovely team of Millwall to the CBS Arena. Who could have thought of a better Valentine's matchup than that one? I'm sure everyone took their loved ones along um, to see the Millwall faithful in the away end. Um, What were your thoughts? Obviously, the enforced change, obviously, as we just spoke about, uh, Ben Sheaf getting uh, injured. Um, and obviously Wilson has brand getting sent off. So when you saw the side, Norton Cuffey coming in for a start, reverting to a one up top, Eccles coming into central midfield and the box formation and Bidwell obviously coming in back in at left wing back. Is that what you expected? Um, I'm not sure if it's what I expected, but when I saw it, I was pretty happy with that lineup. I was quite, you know, I was quite um, pleased to see Eccles um, get a slot in midfield. I think he's, you know, he's, he's got, he's got great feet. Um, he can pick a pass. Um, he's got a good engine. And actually, I think he's less exposed in the middle of the park as he is out at right back, um, if I'm honest. Uh, so, yeah, no, I've, I thought it was, I've, I was quite happy with the team. Again, the worry was the bench. You know, you couldn't really see where any sort of impact uh, would come from the bench, if if I'm honest. And we didn't see that, really. No, I mean, when you look at the bench, I mean, the, you know, Simon Moore, obviously not going to come on. Rose just got back from injury. Kelly... Maguire barely played a minute. Walker, again, barely played. Burroughs and Howley. You sort of look at it in, the, in an attacking sense because that's what you always look to, isn't it? Yeah, you look at the attacking yeah, options. If, and, you know, if shit hits the fan, yes. who's going to get us out of it? And and you look at that and you feel like two... Yeah, you just feel like Walker and Maguire are literally there because we, you know, <laughs> have nobody else. It, it yeah. seems that way. You know, Maguire yeah. seems like he's... Hopefully, it's just a case of him getting up to fitness, but it's... You know, it's one of those frustrating things that we always seem to sign these players who need, you know, extra time, time to get up to speed yeah. before that we even ever see them play. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. The, the bench did did look worse because obviously Matty Godden, you know, that was the obviously the big thing. You know, when I saw he wasn't in the starting eleven, I thought, okay, perhaps he's on the bench. And when I searched his name and he wasn't there, a blow. And it turns out it's going to be out for what, a couple of weeks back for the Sunderland game. It's a blow, isn't yeah. it? These niggly injuries. It is. It, it was a, it, this is, was it, we, was cramp or like a, ca- a calf, a little calf, calf strain? I think strain. Yeah, yeah that's it. Because I was going to say cramp for two weeks would be a long time. Just get yourself some tonic water or, or whatever. But um, <laughs> I think um, look, I, it as frustrating as it is. I think I think Godden's on on borrowed time. Sadly, just just from a being able to play minutes, you know, just being able to to give to give the the squad a you know at least repay some of the, the 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 money that we're paying on him you know that's just the, yeah. the blunt facts of it um gutted to see him out um and and i'm sure you know he'll he'll be it's just it's just a real frustration because he gives you something different 
even that even if that's on the bench he gives you something different um so that's a, a pain it's a bit of a blow um but luckily it's only two weeks hopefully that it's not going to be something that just keeps niggling away you know we can't really afford him to be one game on two weeks off well, one game well this on, is the thing because it, it feels it's not just Matty Godden is it it feels like we have a few players Dabo and Kelly who also fit into that, mm. you know, get going for a couple of weeks, get up to speed, look good, and then just have a little, have another little setback. And, you know, they're not, you know, um, because, you know, they're getting a little bit older, it, it seems to like take them a bit more time to get going again. And I, I feel the same. I, hopefully, God, and this is literally just a little minor thing, he'll be back in the, you know, in the squad against Sunderland and hopefully then he can get through to the rest of the season without any more injuries. But it is a, it is a shame because, a fit Matty Godden, you feel like gives us an option, whether it's him starting or whether he's on the bench to get you a goal, be that fox in the box and, yeah. and, and you know, be a clinical finisher. Um, now, the stark contrast to the Luton game in terms of, obviously we didn't score, unfortunately, after 38 seconds, but we started the game pretty brightly, you know, and on the front foot and penning Millwall back, you know, we were encouraged with, you know, how we went about things, you know, in the first sort of opening periods of the game. Yeah, really, really good start. I mean, I think there's been a lot of games where we've blown teams away at the start. And the worry is, is that you just, you've seen it so many times where we don't, we don't score and we don't, we don't get the goal that we, we, we should have, you know, maybe five, six, even seven chances, you know, in the early sort of, you know, half chances at least in in the first sort of 15 minutes you know they Millwall couldn't deal with us they couldn't cope um we have got to start putting teams to the sword if we're gonna when we start like that because the worry is is that you drag out a game till 60 70 minutes and then you feel like it's a game you should be winning so you push even more and then you get caught on the break and actually you end up losing one nil and that's happened a couple of times this season um but it's great it was great you know on the back of you know a game that I'm sure they would have felt frustrated with at Luton to come and hit the ground running like that at, at home. Um, you know, I think it gave the fans something to to really sort of get behind as well in the early in the early stages. So no, I thought they started brilliantly, really positively. Um, yeah, it, you know, with with that one up top, I thought I thought we looked good. And obviously, you know, that that turned into a couple of glorious opportunities. You know, we, we spoke about Palmer um previously, but he was, you know, front and center of creating those opportunities, a tremendous break, bringing the ball out, carrying it for a good, you know, half the pitch pretty much. Yokara's showing an unbelievable turn of pace to outrun not just Palmer, but the middle defenders, a perfectly weighted pass and a good save. Um you know, it was a chance where you felt like he just found that finish. It would have been normally the perfect breakaway goal. I think Mark Robbins alluded to it in comparison to Liverpool breaking against Everton. You know, that sort of fluid from one end to the other. It was a good opportunity, wasn't it? But the keeper made a good save and it went out for a corner. Yeah. And look, I think it was, I listened to CWR yesterday and Oggy must have said it four or five times in the phone in that it, it's, when it, at pace at full tilt, it's difficult, and the, and the keeper done a really really good job. He came he came out, closed the angle, and and that and that was that. And it, you know you, you you've got to give credit where it's due because it you know it was a it was at pace. It was um, but you'd possibly just like to see Jokeres. You know he he does have a lot of chances, and you kind of just think he scores the ones that are the hardest, and you just, yeah, I just agree. You just don't know what, you know, you, he, he, let's be honest. Jokeres 
what's he on now? 14, 15, it's something good, like that? Good question. I will uh, I will get that up. Um, May even be 12. He's um, on, so he's on 13. 13. 13. All right. So he's on 13. Let's be honest, he could probably be on 18. Uh, easily. Easily. With the chances he, like you say, he scores the ones where he's, I always think, he scores the ones where he sort of has no right to yeah. and are, he doesn't have time to think about it. It's just turn, bang, goal. Yeah. The ones where you feel like a lovely, just little, he's got time to think about what finish he's going to go with. He yeah. tends to sort of fluff them. However, I'd caveat on that and say, I don't know many of the players in the division who would have done what he does to create those clear chances. So people yeah. say Matty Godden would score that. Yeah, but is Matty Godden sprinting past all those players to get that? But no, he's not. Do you yeah. know what I mean? In terms of yeah, no, pace you, you and power. Chances. So, I think yesterday there was two, wasn't there? There was one that got deflected, which the keeper made a really good save yeah. and he's and he's come out and rushed him. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, we've we've all been there a keeper bearing down on you, you split a second and you do, you kind of freeze, you go, I don't know, you know, you just sort of hope to dink it over him or under him or, or just around him. Um, then there was the other one where, um, I think it was the other one where Palmer's put the ball through. Perfectly it, weighted pass, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, great. And he kind of thought, could you go round him? It was on your right foot. Agreed. Could you have gone round him and give the keeper a decision to make? Because there was enough room in behind to have done that on that. The keeper was out like a shot, wasn't he? And he was a long way out of his goal. And yeah. you feel like if he could have he could have won a penalty or, or, yeah. got, or got tripped. And he, he he went for the shot. Obviously, it hit the keeper. Bounced back, hit Jokeres. And I mean, we, I don't know. I just laughed. I sort of laughed watching when I you know, saw it because I just thought, that is never happening against us. Do you think yeah. Ben Wilson's coming out and that ball doesn't end up in the back of our net? Yeah, that's exactly. the other way around. It, it's, yeah. It's one of those where, again, I think credit to the keeper. I think he was out like a flash, you know, yeah, before before, yeah. before us as fans have got opportunity. You go, he's in, he's got, what a great pass. I suddenly looked up and I was like, oh my God, the keeper's there. Yeah. Um, he made, George Long, he made, a, he made a couple of good saves yesterday, to be fair. He, he kept Millwall in that, in that first, especially in that first half, he kept him in it. You know, we, we, we by right should have been going in at least one nil up. And, and that's the disappointing, isn't it? When you look at the table, we are one of the lowest scorers. You know, 33 yeah. goals we've scored now. Yeah. And that's including the goal, obviously, Vic scored, which we'll come to in the second half against Millwall. It, it It's not enough. Obviously, we've kept a great amount of clean sheets, which has been tremendous. But you do feel like there's been games and you not against, against even the best side in the division, Burnley, away. We should have been two or three up in that game. Clear opportunities. You know, Jokeres had a huge chance in that game, didn't he? Second half, when he took it around the goalkeeper and fluffed his lines. Allen in the first half, Palmer had a, basically had a one-on-one and we don't score them. And then we end up, like you say, against some teams, we're not going to keep a clean sheet. We will get punished and we'll walk, go home with nothing. And that's probably been the only negative is that we've not scored enough goals. In You know, we, we, I, I can't think of a game where we've won like 3-0 or anything this season. Yeah, you know, I, was, where I was trying to Google our expected goal ratio just to see if if that's what that's changed. But we know it's always been high, but unfortunately Google's given me back Coventry, Coventry City growth population of the people of uh-huh. Coventry. So that's not really going to help on a, on a football but, podcast, I'm afraid. But is that, it's a bit, that's got to be a, a frustration. Yeah, hasn't it? That, we seem seemingly getting these unbelievable positions times and time and time again. And, and, you know, even games when we've won matches, 
you feel like we could have just made this a hell of a lot easier for ourselves, you know, scoreline wise. Yeah. I mean, yesterday's an absolute prime example. We probably should have been one, if not two up at half time. Um, and yet, you know, I'm, I'm there literally can't watch the last two minutes because Millwall were peppering balls into the box and you just seen it so many times, haven't you? That you just can't bear to watch it because you can almost see what's going to happen. And luckily we held out, but you, you, we didn't need to be in that position with a minute to go where they've put four extra minutes on and they're launching balls into the box. And we're, you know, we're just one defensive mistake away from, from dropping two points basically. And yeah, it's, it, it's a it's, tough it, watch. It, it's yeah. And, um, Obviously, it was we we didn't find the breakthrough in the first half. Second half came out, and again we sort of sustained a good you know, period of yeah you know, possession. You know the two wide centre backs either side of Fads. You feel like his experience is sort of priceless. You know, back yeah having him just that communication, feeling like there's someone talking to both Doyle and McNally, um, and obviously the wing backs. You know, getting up as well, and it felt like the you know it was just one way traffic, and then again. Almost out of nothing, some you know, uh, you know, an, a decent, a decent pass from Doyle into the feet of Yokerez. I mean, and then talk me through the rest, David. I mean, well, he'd been he'd been turning players all night actually, so he'd been going left, right, you know, spinning, letting the ball go through his legs and dummy in, and he got you know he got pulled back, didn't he? And in, in was it in the second, um, first half, he got pulled back. Um, I think one of the defenders got booked because because of that he let it run through his legs. So it'd been, it been it it's no surprise. Like you know, this is the thing that a lot of people don't don't appreciate about Jokeres. He he is constantly doing something different every time that ball came into feet. It's not an easy job that either. You know, he had two to three people on him all night. He's getting kicked in the back. He's getting pushed. He's getting pulled here, there, and everywhere. He, he is he is so strong. I you know I've not seen a player like him hold that up in this league for for a long time. No. Yeah, you've got people like Billy Sharp that you know shoot on sight and are, are great. You know um, poachers. poachers. You've got yeah. some players that are just got raw talent and can can shoot from sort of anywhere. Um, but there's there's no one that plays that role that lone striker role better than him you know people say about Diaz don't they but I don't think he does that to the same you know to the same sort he's of he's more of a left level. winger as well yeah exactly Diaz. I mean yeah. the thing with the Ocaras is he's not just a he's not your conventional target man you know just lump it up you know I think of a say Kiefer Moore when he was in the championship with Cardiff yes. or whatever yeah yeah Yoker, I've never seen a player get the ball and be able to turn on a dime like he does and then at just Direct running, no, yeah. it's uh, he's a freak. He is a freak. It's, it's you know, he's a he's a tremendous player, and and again, you know, he turns this defender. You know, whether the rumours are true, this Cresswell, who we're apparently interested in, you know, from Leeds United, he's on loan at on loan at Millwall. Yeah, um, there's rumours that we're potentially interested in him in the summer. We'll see about that. But again, he turns him and hits. I mean, it's just a rocket. You know, yeah. like, there's like normally with these sort of like a sort of a, a, a screamer, there's a bit of airtime, but this, before you know it, it is literally just in the back of it, like the precision, it's like an arrow just it is. flies in. Uh, and that's um, it. And, you know, he that extra yard that he got 
because he'd been turning players all night and doing different things, he just all he needed was that yard. And like you said, he didn't need to think about it. He just he just hit it, and with so much accuracy, it's a fantastic finish. It just is. It's a it's an incredible finish, and you just it half like you say frustrates you because of the ones that he does miss. You know, you go back to Burnley, and that's you know I don't want to be negative. I'm just saying you know you go back to Burnley, that's two points dropped when all he had to do there was just instinctively kick it, you know? It's one of those, if you if you took yesterday's goal against Millwall 10 times and you took the chance against Burnley 10 times, and you said to him, you can choose to have one of these 10 times, which one do you think you'll score more of? He would pick the Burnley one. He would, and we'd he all would go, yeah. And we'd all say, oh yeah, yeah, give me that, give me that chance to win a game. If you just freeze yeah. frame and said, one of these goes in, you, everyone would pick the Burnley one, right? Yeah. And, and there's countless examples. I remember even last season, those games where you just think, <laughs> like you do the hard work, you like burst past about three players. Yeah. And yeah. you think, like West Brom, and get, remember, great chance over the bar. You think, oh, you know, it's sort of, look, I, I actually would go as far as say, I, I think he, he could be on 20 goals right no, now. He could. I, really do, I was being, know. I was being, to be honest, yeah, diplomatic I, with 18, no, you know, yeah, because he, he really should be, shouldn't he? He should but, be clear. He could. Scorer. Yeah, he could. He could, he, he could clearly be top goal scorer. Um, um, and that's the thing. It's so funny because you, you see him do that last night and you go, yeah, I can see why people talk about 17 million. And then you see him some weeks and you go, we'd be lucky to get seven. You know, it's, he's, yeah, yeah. he's you know, but I suppose that is why he's probably still with us with that consistency, well, I guess. And, you know, yeah, we'll see. And also we'll see what happens, you know, uh, in time with, with him. But obviously that, I don't know why it happens. It's not just us, it's football in general, but we, we scored the goal that we deserved at that point. And then suddenly, you know, Miller, we'd penned back for the whole game. Yeah, they had no possession out. all game, had they? And, and suddenly it goes, we drop. They go, oh, we, we're going to decide to push up now. And I hear people, I've heard people say, yes, yeah, because Mill stepped up, but why do we then, as a result, just step back and go, yeah, sure. Do you know what I mean? Okay, your turn. Uh, Invite it on like, like we feel like we can, we can, take that wave look we've said it before we've said it time again you're not going to go 90 minutes without teams having chances if you think that's going to happen then you know you're a man city or someone like that and, and we're clearly not but you're absolutely right at that point we'd had the foot on the ball all game yes they've pushed on and they're pressing people higher mill were probably happy for us to have the ball they're not a very big possession based team yeah. i get that but you've had the ball all evening you just think all we needed at that point was just someone to put their foot on the ball and just get those get those one twos going again, get those passes going again. And yes, I know they're pressing, but yeah, you just you just make a rod for your own back, don't you? If you sit deep and you invite pressure, that builds and that builds, and you get you go right. We're really in the trenches here. We we've, we've just got to stick it out. And it depends how long you can stick it out for. And luckily we did. But luckily we did. There were some hairy moments though, and and it all seems to stem from just panicky clearances you know if someone just took a breath and put their foot through it properly we instead it's just funnily enough when you're talking about the Luton goal it was almost like that but we sort of got away with those sort of yeah. slight clearances it, it didn't fall for for yeah. Millwall to put it in yeah um, whereas also against Luton it didn't it didn't go our favor with that sort of you know haphazard sort of Defending. I mean, he brought Liam Kelly on um, for Hamer. I felt like the two things I noticed him do was boot the ball as high as he, he could up rather than out. I mean, he, you know, yeah, he, I, 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 I don't know. Look, 
it, that that's a really interesting one for me. Unless Hamer's feeling something and he's said that he's feeling something or he's just, you know, Mark Robbins can see he's not. But I thought he'd still look f- full of running. But the thing for me about Hamer of him on the ball was that he can put the ball wherever he wants on that pitch. He's the one person that can get you to turn a defender, turn a defence, sorry, hit corners, let Jokeres go and run it and take the pressure off of you. Do, do you know what I mean? Because he can hit corners. He can hit anything in that pitch where he wants to. Because We were, were we? we? What we had then is we had, literally, as soon as we'd get the ball, it was just boot it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Sunday, it was like when I used to play Sunday, just boot it as far near the corner flag and yeah. then just get back into shape. Where it was yeah. like, if we, you know, these aren't superheroes, we could actually run forward with the ball. That would have yeah. relieved so much pressure. Do you yeah. know, and because then suddenly Vic started looking a bit tired, and the balls up to him were poor, and so it looked like he was then out of the game, and they could yeah. just. And and I mean, there was the, the hairy moment was that one where ricocheting around. There was one that looked like it was sort of cleared off the line, McNally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously that one where I think it was Eze for them. Um, he hit that shot, and somehow like from the corner of the six yard box, flew across and went wide by. Yeah. A few millimeters. I mean, I bet you were pretty nervous there, David. It was <laughs> a really, yeah, a really nervy part. And like you say, we were just, you know, I, I actually did think that Wilson commanded his box under that pressure really well yesterday. Um, and, you know, it's poss- possibly why I said about Man Match last time, because I think that he has been starting to do that. The the, the, the few things that really worried you about Wilson was his, his sort of, coming to claim the ball and um and maybe a sort of chat you know and that actually under them circumstances yesterday you know maybe the Luton save and stuff has buoyed him it's given him another you know another sort of um springier step or whatever because yesterday yeah. I definitely felt that we looked more sure and reserved when balls were coming into the box than we have probably a long time. How much is that fads though? You know, fads. Definitely. Fads absolutely. Is a huge thing as absolutely. well. You know, I think, yeah. I think, I think, as it, I think Wilson having fads in front of him will I help think Wilson. So. I think, yeah, I think, I, I think confident, yeah. I think fads will exude confidence in everybody. Keeper, the defenders either side of him because you just hear him talking. And what I like about fads is, you know, what he gives the opposition players. You know, I feel like sometimes we'd be a bit too nice when Fad's been injured. We're sort of, we'd sort of roll over sometimes. Whereas, you know, you know, Millwall, they've got these players and they'll try these little tactics. Fad's is always onto them. You know, he's always there, you know, rallying around the troops and, you know, and Millwall are a physical side and, you know, long throws. But yeah, we dealt with them pretty well. And ultimately we saw the game out and got a deserved, deserved win, you know, because for the vast, you know, two thirds of that game, you know, um, we were well on top. So, you know, when we look back at those two home games, I'm sure Rob, Mark Robbins would have, would you have took, you know, and how do you feel with the four point tally from those two games against two playoff sides? Yeah, I think you've got to be, you know, when you look, when you look back, it, we've kind of stopped the rot and, and, we, and probably just in time, for for like we say a fairly favourable run of games coming up. So, you know, had we have drawn both games, we'd let Millwall score in the in the dying embers or or something like that. You'd be looking at it a lot different. But four from from that, I'm very happy, very happy. And I'll give you the final word on Millwall, David. Your man of the match. It's got to be Jokeres for me. Um, just everything about. You know, everything good that we did yesterday, a lot of it involved Jokerez. Fort Hamer had a good game, thought the defence were really solid. Um I think I thought Norton Cuffey looked quite 
good, uh, to be honest. I thought he played really well. Um, but yeah, Jokeres is great finish and um, was everything we done well. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Attention now turns then for the Sky Blues for an away trip up to Rotherham. And uh, David, on the back of obviously these four points um, and the win in midweek, surely we must be going up to Rotherham, you know, feeling pretty buoyed and confident that we can build on this momentum. And, you know, as we spoke about earlier in terms of keeping playoff hopes alive, you couldn't ask really for a better game to try and to do that with, surely. No, I agree. Um, look, we're, we've got a really nice run of games now. Rotherham, you know, it looks like the, the result against Blackburn was a bit of a, a shot, but then they, you know, they drew against uh, Watford as well away. So, and, and they, they drew Sheffield United. So the, their league position, you know, probably doesn't, doesn't really reflect how they've looked recently. I mean, it was a late winner last night for Reading. So um, they draw a lot of go- games. They've not conceded that many in the last sort of five or six from what I can see. So I'm not sure it's going to be as easy as we we probably think it's going to be, to be honest. And it, and, and any any away game in the championship is, is always a tough. No, and I, I agree. I, I was... It's funny when I think Rotherham away, I still think of us getting hammered there. Yeah, and then, before, but then I yeah. and then, but then I sort of then think, oh, and then I think of the the Ostergaard, you know, that's huge six pointer when we got the win the following season, obviously behind closed doors during that COVID uh, campaign. It is often going to be a tough game, um, as you said, that defeat against Reading, their first defeat in in five games. That was um, what in terms of team wise, you know, would you? Do you think it will go, you know, unchanged? Is there any changes you can foresee? Obviously, Wilson Esbrand will be available again after serving his one match um, suspension. I presume Matty Godden's going to be out into Sunderland, as Mark Roberts has alluded to. So possibly, I mean, I can't really think of any other players who could be back in contention. Maybe just Wilson Esbrand. Do you see any changes? No, not really. No, and I'd be quite happy to start the, the way that we started yesterday. Really. Um, I think Eccles gives us a bit more of a calming, you know, he gives us that calming nature in, in the middle of the park. He's he's happy with the ball at his feet. He then gives it to Hamer who can pick a pass and start making things happen. He kind of frees Hamer up, you know, um, whereas I suppose Sheaf being that very naturally defensive player. Um, so, yeah, no, I think, I think I'd start the same way. Um, and, I, and I think we can cause them some problems. We've just got to, start the games the way that we did you know on, on on Tuesday night and obviously when you you know when we look at the table things you know suddenly it's amazing what you know a couple of decent results can do you know potentially you know five points off the playoffs you know going into that game depends on you know other results as we record this um tonight but um do you feel like it is sort of a you know do you feel like we need to get you know a result you know to to keep that sort of momentum going um well look you know Rotherham we spoke they their recent their recent results obviously don't reflect what they are doing in the league but you know minus eight goals they've obviously slipped a fair few goals um you know uh this season they're not the lowest of course but they've you know ships enough goals to be to be seeing that they can be they can be um can be beat so you'd have to be going there expecting to be at least coming away with a point, but thinking that you could grab it in terms of playoff 
places, I mean, realistically, we've just got to win. I think from out, not everyone's going to win every game, but from here out now, you just look at the teams, don't you, above you, except from Millwall and maybe Sunderland. But, you know, you look at the teams immediately above you or around you and you go Swansea probably, you know, haven't cut what they should be the last couple of seasons. They've not been anywhere near you would have expected them. West Brom, Norwich, Blackburn. These are teams that you probably would expect to be there or thereabouts. So I don't know. That's the thing with me. I always look at it and think points wise, it's always mathematically possible. But you look at some of the heavyweights above you and you think, are we more likely than them to, to slip into it? So look, we've got to, we've got to go and get three points. I think if we want to kickstart this next run of games and, and start making teams thinking about the us, you know, late charge, it's the perfect time to have a charge for players. Oh, of course it is, you know, and then you talk about the next run of games, obviously starting with Rotherham away on Saturday, big opportunity. And then it's home, Big game, uh, early kickoff against Sunderland, which will be you know a tasty fixture, and then obviously a couple of away trips, which I sort of feel, you know, away at Preston, and we all know what Preston away uh, means. Um, Fankati Dabo said at the evening at the Skyblue Tavern the other week when speaking to me and Wardy that Preston is the one game that he would really, 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 really want to win if he could pick one, and then that's followed by Huddersfield away. You sort of look at those four fixtures coming up and you sort of think three away games in that. Our waveform hasn't been as good this season or of late. We need to try and pick up probably seven or nine points from those four games. Yeah, and I think that that's the problem. Like, so the teams on paper are teams that you'd want to be playing. But, but realistically, I think six of our next nine or something is away from home I think I saw yeah you're quite right yeah we have a a home game against Hull followed by two away against Wigan and Blackpool so yeah we've only got two home games until the end of March yeah and you just you just think I don't I don't know maybe call me cynical but I just think our Coventry City a bit like Millwall yesterday in my opinion probably thought yeah we might be able to get a draw against Coventry on a Tuesday night at Coventry, but I'm not sure we're going to go for the full three points. And for me, Preston, Wigan, places like that on Tuesday, Wednesday evenings. When they're fighting for their lives, you know, they, they're they right in trouble as well. You I sort just of think feel, it's tricky, tricky, yeah. really. I, I sort of feel like we're at that point in our development where I think if you're, yeah, Wigan... And although we played Huddersfield not long ago and I thought they were very poor, but again, they're the sort of sides who they're down there fighting, scrapping. If we don't turn up, turn up and we know we're capable of doing that, they could eat. You could, if you were down there, I could imagine us, you know, the, say I swatted Wigan beating Coventry one nil, them, you know, Coventry not turning up and them getting some penalty or something. Whereas we, but then on the flip side of that, we also know we're capable enough. Yeah, on I, our think, day. That's, I think that's been the frustration of the season. It's, it's 50 50, isn't it? You flip a coin, I think, with yeah. this. And, and I think that comes down to the lack of depth. And I think it probably because- does. But I think, you know, you go back to the game, and this is what this is what I said to a friend about Millwall coming up to us Tuesday night. And the, the game that was typical of it was West Brom. West Brom away. We went there on a Friday night. We set up quite negatively, if I'm honest. 
Um, we didn't really look like we were massively up for it. Um, we couldn't really put enough passes together or string the pass together and we didn't really make any impact. But I don't think West Brom had to do that much to brush us aside. They didn't have to do that yeah. much to roll us over. And I worry we're, we, we are a bit of a team like that. And we've seen that at home even. There's these games like yesterday where we come out absolutely firing on all cylinders and we have 15 minutes where you go, I can't see us getting anything other than a draw here. But I can also count on, you know, probably probably can't count on two hands the amount of occasions that I've sat in that, that seat, you know, either at home or away and gone, we just don't look up for it today. And you can yeah. just see that they're going to get... Yeah, I think so. And and I think that's the worry when you go to these these places like Rotherham and Wigan and Preston, especially in a midweek and in the in a midweek evening game, they won't have to do that much. You're right yeah. to brush them aside. That's I feel that's like sometimes we can be easy to play against. I think yeah. sometimes it feels like I agree that we can sort of lose a game and you look back at it and you think. Like Burnley away, we all know we shouldn't have lost that game, but you, you sort of come away from that game and you go, Boyd. They know they, yeah, Boyd. Had a game. You know, they were in a proper game and, they, and they're all actually, be, they're the ones coming out going, we got away with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But they then you look at something that. like Middlesbrough last season, for example. Yeah. And you just think, you don't really know how they scored the goals because the game was so unmemorable that. Yeah, it just it just happened. It's almost it's almost like everything's just on autopilot, and we're just not yeah. quite. It's that few percent yeah. difference. Yeah. It's like you're watching it before your eyes, and you we everyone knows what's going to happen, and you sort of we don't seem to do anything to control our destiny. And I I think I think next, hopefully through in the summer, and uh, you know, and everything and with a bigger squad and a better squad. Maybe it's I don't know whether it's belief, like true belief that actually maybe I don't know you what know, it maybe is. Maybe Sheffield United go and they say we beat everyone because we're Sheffield United. Maybe Burnley go, you know, because Burnley don't carve out shitloads of chances. They no, just, they, they are just win, so strong and resilient that you can't, you can't see them getting beat. And therefore there's always a chance they'll win because they'll get a chance. D- d- does that make sense? Yeah, Whereas I, I feel for us, we have to really work hard to get a win. It really it, feels like that. It feels like we have to work hard and we have to, you know, we we have to sort of, you know, crawl through broken glass to sort of score a goal. And you can't do that every week, right? You can't. And therefore, if you go to places like Middlesbrough and you go to places like Rotherham, Wigan, and you're not busting your balls, then you're not going to be that hard to get brushed by. And and that's why you never really know what conference city are going to turn up. That, and I feel like it's always either we, we seem to be keep either keep a clean sheet and it looks like everyone's on it defensively or we concede a ridiculous goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's like yeah. it's one or the other. But I'll um obviously Rotherham's the next game and hopefully we'll get three points. Let me get a prediction from you, uh, Dave, for that game. Yeah, I mean everything that we just spoke about now has just made me I, I think if we can come away, if we if if we can come away of a point. I, I expect us to concede, but I think we've got a goal in us. So I think one all really is probably, a, yeah. you know, is the most likely result I can think of. If I was going to put some money on it, it'd be one all. Um, it's still as awful to say if we can get a point, but I don't know. It's just what I feel. I don't feel like, you know, after Tuesday night, the the way that we are so not laboured, but this, the way that we had to put so much effort into to, to just getting a one nil win against a team that didn't want the ball. They didn't want the ball. They didn't want to play football. Do, do you know what I mean? 
And I just worry that we we just we won't do that away from home as much. We won't knock on the door for 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 the whole first half like we did we do at home. And therefore, I'm not sure we're going to have enough chances to to, to batter a team away from home. But I do you, you're, you're right. There's that worry of whether the efforts we put in on Tuesday because of the small squad just means that we then start laboured on a Saturday and, you know, and Rotherham are suddenly up for it, etc. So, well, let's see. Uh, would you take a point if I um, it, you know? Not really, because it sounds stupid. Yes, a point away and win at home and all of that, but... I, I think really we've we've the next these next few games we've got to start putting some we've got to keep pace with those teams above us. I think we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to um, we're going to have to start getting some wins on the board. So I I don't think it's enough really. I think we really need to go there and get three points really. Fingers crossed. Let's see what happens on Saturday. So that's all we've got time for uh, this evening, David. Thank you so much for joining me on our sort of belated Valentine's Sky Blues Extra Thank you. podcast. Um, been a pleasure as always. And uh, just a reminder to everyone, we obviously are uh, proudly sponsored by the Sky Blues Tavern. So please make sure you head down to the Sky Blues Tavern on Hertford Street and uh, you know enjoy some of the lovely um, cuisine, great menu, great beers. And remember, if you Sky Blue Army Lagers, if you buy any of these sort of beers as well, all of that percentage of that goes to supporting the club as well so you can support Dylan's and by doing that you're also supporting Coventry City Football Club as well uh, I've been Ross this has been David and make sure you follow us at Skyloo's Extra Podcast Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.